Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we're speaking with my son, Jordan, 17 years old, and one of his best friends who's very close to my heart, Nathan, 16 years old. Right now, I'm focused so much on listening and learning about how our actions and inactions impact those around us. I'm learning more about how unconscious bias is deeply embedded in our culture and what I can do as a leader to uproot that in my own heart so that I can hold space for others and stand strongly against injustice. I have the privilege of raising a strong, beautiful, intuitive son who is one of my greatest teachers. Welcome to Master Leadership Podcast. How are you? You're great. All right. Well, so t- tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, I'm Jordan. I am 17 years old. I live in Floral Park and I go to Floral Park Memorial with my brother Nathan. Yes, sir. Um, my name's Nathan. I'm 16. I live in Elmont and I attend the Floral Park Memorial High School. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm a junior. Well, soon to be senior. I'm a sophomore. <laughs> Gonna be a junior. See, you need each other's help, right? All right. So thank you for being on our show. And so Jordan, initially, right, when we started this, um, you and I were having conversations because this was supposed to be part of a project about literacy and how important literacy was, right? And so we were going to do that. And then, then what happened? Do you remember what you were reading to me? And then I was telling you about the incident with George Floyd and everything. Right, and you got that on a news feed, right? Yeah, on Instagram. Okay, with that, let's address the importance of literacy because this is part of your project. So tell me, at that moment, you had a new understanding of why literacy was so important. It was more important because if I didn't know like anything about literacy or anything of like that art, then I wouldn't be able to understand the media and like what's happening around the world, including like the incident with George Floyd, and Ahmad Umbri, like I wouldn't have known because I, I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's that's important. Just, no, this country as a whole is just so divided now. Like ever since that incident, like now people are like they just hate, mm-hmm. they just hate, and like they're just taking it on like the wrong people. Like this happened in Minneapolis. Like I like I get that, and like it was and that was that cop's fault. But rioting in New York and taking it on, on NYPD cops, that's not right. Because they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, they're all cops and like they're one whole, but you can't treat everybody the same. You gotta mm-hmm. treat people differently. I know, Jordan, when you read that to me, I was at a point where I wasn't listening to the news. And I wasn't um, really being involved with the news because it was so negative all the time. I had heard of, of Ahmad and it broke my heart, but I really didn't do much. And then when you read that to me, I want you to know how that landed for me. When you read that to me about George Floyd, first I said, well, I don't know who he is. And then Ma, don't you know? And then when you told me about that, my heart sank 
And I didn't just want to respond to that. I wanted to do something about it, right? Which is why we're recording, which is why we're lifting people's voices. So I want to thank you for bringing that to my attention and saying, it's almost like you would say, Ma, what are you going to do about this, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about this? And, and I appreciate that, Jordan. Um, but when you guys first saw this or heard about this, what were your initial thoughts, your initial feelings? Honestly, we just feel scared. Because it's like, to go out to like town or like the deli, even to go to like the dry cleaners, we also have to think about, all right, I have to be safe and like I need to like be on my best behavior or like act a certain way so I don't get attention from my cops. We have to go outside thinking that like we might not come home because of everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I didn't even know what to think because, you know, I was still thinking about the whole Ahmad situation. So I exercise on a daily and it's like, you know, thank God where we live, you know, mm-hmm. We know our community, you know, we're safe, but it's like, we still got to think about, you know, we got to walk outside being really careful because, you know, if that could happen to Ahmad, it could happen to us. And George Floyd, when I found out about that, I'm like, it makes no sense. And it's really unfair because, you know, I'm not a cop. See, I don't know what's going through their head, but, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, a guy on his stomach with handcuffs tied behind his back and he's defenseless. Mm-hmm. And to put your knee on somebody's neck for over like eight minutes, that for me, that's terrifying. Joy just screaming, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And it's like, do we even have a say anymore? His voice was heard and the cop just ignored it. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't breathe several times. And it's just, it's scary because that could happen to us. We're just like a piece of garbage. And like, that's just scary to feel like, because even if you're in that pain, there's no way out because mm-hmm. no one's helping you. And like cops are supposed to be there for you when you're in, in the time of need. Exactly. I think that George had nothing to do with that $20 counterfeit. We don't know yet. Right. But even if he did, that was not the right move because to Dylan Roof, when he killed nine people, they arrested him peacefully. They didn't put his knee on his neck or anything. They arrested him and they picked him up. They brought him to the precinct and then they got him Burger King. But no, George Floyd died right there. And it's crazy, you know, that one cop did it wrong. And out of all the cops that just stood there and watched, not one did anything. Mm. And, you know, from what I saw, there's, you know, Caucasian cops, white cops just watching. In my opinion, from what I've seen over the years, mind you, I'm 16, I haven't really seen much, but from what I've seen, I've just seen cruelty towards African-Americans. And it's just like, you'll never see this to another Caucasian person. We're supposed to be united, but even like Hispanics, they're getting relocated every single day. That's not being united. That's taking people away for what? Because they're Hispanic and Mexican? Now back to us. Whatever we do, it's wrong. Whatever we say is wrong. How we look like we're thugs, gangsters. Yeah, like. So remember, Nate, when you were on your skateboard one time Mm. and a car intentionally hit you and sped off right here in Floral Park? Mm -hmm. Tell me what happened. 
Like, I've been on a lot of accidents, but that one was probably the scariest because nobody wants to find out that they're targeted, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, the way it happened, happened so quick, and it was, like, that person didn't even stop. And no noise. It was completely quiet. It was just a hit and run. I remember right afterwards, you guys were thinking, you were talking about how it may have been racially motivated. And my heart broke because you were hurt. And the guy did it on purpose and then left. Yeah. It was scary for me the most because... Like in Florida Park is usually where I hang out. You know, I know majority of Florida Park. I know the people. I'm connected with the people. And to find out it happened, it's like there's people out there that really try to hurt other people just because of what they look like. Our generation or whatever, we were born in a time where, you know, we weren't going through slavery. We were born in that era where, you know, things were getting better. I'm not saying racism was completely gone, but where we were at, it was like, all right, we're at peace. Mm-hmm. Then things like this happen, and it's like... There's still people in the world trying to influence other people that blacks are terrible or disgusting. It just doesn't make no sense to me. Right. How do you guys feel when you see police officers? Usually, I just try to act calm and just keep my eyes forward so I don't act for them to, like, stop. Especially, like, in our town, like, this is, like, a white neighborhood. Usually, when, like... Black people aren't like involved in like an incident when the police are involved. They kind of just give like a different mood, a different vibe. And you feel that? Yeah, like you can mm-hmm. feel it. And, like you can see it in their expressions. They're like, oh, look, mm-hmm. it's just it's disgusting. Yeah. So do you feel safe around cops? Look, I'm a cheerful person. Now, if I see a cop, no, I will wave at him. I know I respect them. Like they're doing their job. They're putting their lives on the line, whatever. But like now, it's just like. Uh, once you grow and you mature mm-hmm. and you start to understand things more, you see like, all right, life is not all great. There's some people who are really bad people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all cops are bad, mm-hmm. but there's you no know, ones that are hiding that when no one's looking, they will do some harm. Right. And it's like, that could be anywhere. So that's why I'm like, now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, there's a blue wall of silence. And that blue wall is that cops protect cops. So even if there are good cops, there's a culture within certain organizations where cops protect cops. And that's not everywhere, but in many places. So I think that we're getting to a point where cops are starting to break that wall, which is good. Do you believe there are good cops? Oh, yeah. I was looking on social media and there is black and white cops with protesters. I saw a video of a cop literally breaking formation, mm-hmm. joining the protesters peacefully in the line. That right there, you know, gives me a little bit of hope. You know, it makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, things, you know, there's actually cops that are actually on our side. Mm-hmm. New York right now is just so divided right now. It's sad because there are some Caucasian people that are for us. Majority are like for equality and then like some of like, you know. Not say it. I mean like some are really still living that life where they feel like All right, there's only one kind. You don't have to be black to join the protest. And there are people like them. We yeah. respect, we, show, we have a hundred percent respect for them. Right. There is some peaceful protest, which is great because we need to. And then there's riots. How are you guys feeling about it? Honestly, 
it's not making anything better. Because yeah. you're just lashing out on the people that don't deserve it. Imagine this. You're in a protest and everybody's rioting. And you're with your best friend or like some other stranger that you just met in that protest. And you're destroying stories. One of those protesters could have a store in the area of where they're protesting. And then they're just going to destroy that store for what? <laughs> Having fires for what? And people are getting arrested. People Black people are getting arrested for the crime that they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not making anything better. You're just filling up the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To touch on what he said, you know, like a long time ago, King Jr., what he believed in was a peaceful protest. And eventually it showed progress. Right now, we are showing no progress at all. It's Burning like, down buildings, yeah. like, you know, people work. You know, everything's slowly reopening from this mm-hmm. whole virus. People are looking forward to put food in a kid's belly. And the fact that people are going around, I get you're angry, you're frustrated, but do it in a way that you could actually get your point across instead of without violence. Exactly. Yeah. And Alright, there's times where I feel like I won't feel that way, but you gotta think about what's right and think about what's smart. Mm-hmm. It's not about, alright, maybe if I show them this way or try to get on their level, you know, it's like, it'll change. Yeah, it's like we're disrespecting the people who were trying to get their point across peacefully. Like, it's like we're disrespecting Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. They did it all peacefully. Rosa no, Parks said no. It's better to be the change. It's way better than being changed. I love that quote, be the change you wish to see in the world, right? And, you know, I don't even know how to say it, but what we want in the future is we want our kids to live a good life. We basically just want everything to be just right. And we're not going to die from the virus or whatever, dying from each other. And I was looking on social media and I saw the best headline ever. Two diseases that are killing human beings nowadays the coronavirus and the hatred, it's completely right. Mm -hmm. Because nobody should have a right to take away somebody else's life. It's plain and simple. Nobody should take anyone's life, no matter what happened. Everybody equal. Mm -hmm. I could go up to anyone and say, look, I respect you, I don't care what you look like. I wish that that can just flow. What's the best way, in your opinion, to combat hate? Take a deep breath and think about the future. Okay, and then what? Think what would benefit the world. Exactly. Because we all want unity and all this stuff. Like, so what's the opposite of hate? Love. Learn to love each other for who we are. You know, mm-hmm. skin color doesn't... Skin, yeah, skin color does not define who you are. It should be what inside counts. What your personality is. What if you could talk to the cop who killed George Floyd, or if you can talk to the cops who were around there at that time, who were responsible, what would you say? I would say, um, what do you think that he was gonna do that caused you to put your knee on his neck? (laughs) What did he do that was so bad? Like, forget about the counterfeit part. What did he do that made you use excessive force? I would have looked him straight in the eye. I would have been like, look at my skin coat, the way I'm talking to you. Does it look like I'm an enemy? I don't know what I would say, to be honest, without flipping out. You know, that is a hard question, even for adults. So, Jordan, as your mom, as a leader, 
And Nathan, I'm like your mom too. How do you want me to respond to this? I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but like, I'm scared to protest. Yeah. Why? Like, you're even scared to make a stand. It's up to that point where even racist cops might just arrest the wrong people just for even being there. I would not be surprised if me and Nate were doing that protest and then you see a whole group of people jumping somebody and then me and Nate are just in the middle of it, not even doing anything, like we're just in the middle of it. I would not be surprised if I felt a hand going behind my back and arresting me. I would not be surprised. So you would like to protest, but you feel afraid to, right? You feel like protesting is important. Yeah. Um, just right now, it's just what they're doing is not the answer. Right. Yeah, there's two reasons why I'm afraid to protest. I want to protest in the most peaceful way. I feel like, you know, I'd go up to the cop and be like, look, I know you weren't that cop. I just want to let you know I see the people, you know? But at the same time, like, there's going to be African-Americans who are angry. They're going to think, oh, look, he's betraying us. No, it's not that. Like I said, not the whole world is bad. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be cops who are with us, but they need their job. That's how they make their living. That's mm -hmm. how they feed their family. There's cops, on the other hand, who feel a different type of way. Mm -hmm. So I want to protest, but at the end of the day, I don't want to feel like I betrayed my kind or I'm a traitor or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be harmed by any cop. I just want peace. Everyone wants peace, but there's different people who are trying to get it in a different type of way. It's really chaotic. How do you think leaders should respond to this? Well, leaders, leaders, like the ones that are trying to make a good change, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I feel like they should reach out to you know kids my age, a little bit younger, because trust me, the older ones that are out there, they will listen to their child. Mm -hmm. For the ones who are protesting, like, you know, with so much anger and aggression, their kids will show them, like, this is not the way. Mm -hmm. Honestly, everybody is a leader in their own way mm -hmm. because, like, on the news, like, you're seeing, like, videos on Instagram and people beating people senseless, starting fires. Mind you, there are 13 and younger kids that are on Instagram. Whatever they see, they're going to follow. Mm -hmm. So they're going to think that it's okay to riot and like beat the crap out of people. Mm -hmm. No, like that's not a good example to show, especially for our generation, because we're going to be the ones that are going to teach our kids what to do yeah. that's right. Right now we're holding the cup. That's not how I think of it. And we don't want that cup to spill. Mm -hmm. Us filling that cup with vengeance and violence, we're making that cup overflow. Mm -hmm. And when you make that cup overflow, spills. It spills. And we spill. And then we mess up. It's going to keep on going. Right. We want to keep our cup balanced. We want to mm -hmm. protest peacefully. We want to show the ones who think that we're different. Yo, we're going to fight for what we believe in, mm -hmm. but in a way that you can understand. Mm -hmm. Me, I'm protesting in my own way. Whether if that's making a video or... Yes, you have a YouTube channel that you're launching soon. Yeah, <laughs> that's my way of protesting. Giving and, and, my thoughts and hoping everybody well. I feel like we really need to do this right. in a smarter way. And for those who think different of us, we're the camera. Look at me in my eyes. <laughs> we're equal. We're all that's equal. It, I love you. You love me. Keep it as that. Oh, I love it. And, you know, Jordan, part of the reason I'm doing this is because I want you to know that 
we chose you as a child. And I don't want to just say to you, I love you. I want to protect you. I want your voice to be heard. I want you to feel like you matter because you do. And I'm doing this because I want you to know that there are good people that stand up for you, that your mom loves you, that I am a leader and this is how leaders give other people a voice. I don't just want to comfort you and say, it'll be all right, because I don't know if it's going to be all right. And I want to do this too, because I want to instill in you what leadership is and you, Nathan. People are posting stuff that are very racist and they're hiding behind oh. social media. Tell us what's going on. So there's like a couple people on Snap that are basically, they're just ranting, saying hateful things like George Floyd, when the cop did was a good job. Just being just totally over the line mm -hmm. racist, period, towards us. And like, there was this one girl that posted a prom picture. The girl was white and then the guy was black and uh -huh. they were holding hands and they were at the prom. And she was basically saying, this is not okay. If a my daddy saw me dating like a black guy, he would shoot him right in the head. Mm -hmm. And just hateful stuff like that. And it was just so bad. Like, I couldn't even, like, get my words across. Because mm -hmm. it's just so disgusting and evil. And even, like, before George Floyd and Ahmed Ali, there was this girl that made this Instagram account and had pictures of hateful things, like these slaves being burned at the stake, hanging, literally, hanging. Ha hanging. And it was posted, like, like Instagram, yeah. I'm shocked Instagram even. Even like, let this even happen. And I was Blackface, all that. Like when you come across something like that, what do you do? Do you engage Oh, I, I engage. You do? I keep my calm. When I was younger, I used to be really violent. As I grew up, you know, you put so much bad energy out, you're just gonna get it right back. Mm -hmm. And I learned as I was maturing, like life is about living and loving and laughing. And there's no point in doing all this craziness and throwing a lot of bad energy to other people who are also trying to live their life to the fullest. There was this girl that was just posting very, very inappropriate and disgusting things about racism. Where like she would post a woman getting hanged and using like very like derogatory words like oh I'm glad that this blank died, good. She was like I love when white people kill like these black people and it was just so horrible. Like it just got me so mad. Racism is bad, yeah, but it never really impacted me on a level where she did. It was just a bunch of pictures that I never really focused on or like really seen like that. Never lived. yeah it was so it high quality it was like yep. crazy you saw every future from holes in the body getting hanged and like mm. it's just so scary to like see so much hatred in a 14 year old girl meanwhile she was mixed so that made no sense yeah and she was posting herself and she had box braids she had these this came from the black culture braiding and box braids and all that she had weaving and everything so i don't get how you're being racist but you have such hairstyle on you like, it makes no sense right what do you think is the best way to handle that report report block 
I feel like they should get calm people in a way that to get to that person. You can't get it to everyone. Mm-hmm. But you could, at least if there's someone doing all this craziness and a mm-hmm. bunch of people start texting them, even from their own race or something, they're going to get a hit. Or they're going to get a feeling. They're going to eventually take it down. Because, mm-hmm. you know, things like that shouldn't be posted. Right. We also got kids looking at that. No child should ever see something like that on, mm-hmm. on any social media. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when I looked at that post, when I saw that, I've never shaked in my life. I was holding my phone, I'm like, oh, like, this is really... Yeah. And, like, the worst part was is that, like, so many people were commenting on... And, like, it was just, like, giving her, like, that power that, like, she wanted. Yeah, yeah. And it was just just pure hatred. It was just disgusting because, like, we didn't do anything to them. So one of the things that, you know, we talked about is the way to combat that, right? We talked about the opposite of that hatred is love, and that's not going to be an easy thing to do, right? But if you surround yourself with really positive people, and you guys have friends of all races, and surround yourself with positive people, then there's a lot of hope. What do you guys think? That's 100% correct. Kids are the future. You know, they reuse our voice, and if we're able to come together and share peace, we could definitely spread it. That's another reason why on social media I make funny videos because I like to make people laugh and whatnot. I want to show people that just because I'm black, that doesn't make me a bad person. It takes to know the person better to judge them on what they look like. Uh-huh. And well, my personal thing, the town that I live in, it's mostly a white neighborhood. So I have mostly fair white friends. And it's kind of just horrible how you can get that feeling that like you're not welcomed or like wanted. Like sometimes like if I'm like with like some like white people and like, I'm the only black person, sometimes I'll feel like excluded or like just a different way of thinking. And like other people too, like when people see three white kids and then one black person, they're like, what the hell? Yeah. I just such a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just. So the audience that's listening to this are mostly leaders. So educators, they're superintendents, they're principals, they're amazing leaders who love youth and want to pour into youth. So what's a message that you want them to know? For leaders out there, keep on being leaders, keep doing what you guys are doing, making a change, because right now, in this time of crisis, that's what we need. Reach out to the young ones, reach out to those who want to listen and just change 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 because change is going to change everything mm-hmm. you know i agree with what nate's saying but we always say this it always happens when like, people are like oh yeah we need this we need this we need change we need that and then it just goes on for like a week and then everybody forgets about it we need something more efficient more something that will actually last because sometimes words don't have the juice that it has yeah, to make like, change. Yeah, exactly. We need like, action behind those words. Yeah, we need action. Yeah. It takes baby steps. No, I'm not begging for a change by tomorrow or next mm-hmm. week. It's going to take a while to like change. Mm-hmm. No? And it starts from the little things. Calm protesting. Yeah, start from there. Just stop rioting. rioting. It's not making anything better. Let us protest and just hear us out. And we have to do it in a peaceful way. So. so one last question. I know that I thought that was my last <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm full of questions. 
when you think of the future, do you have hope? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if we got leaders out here, look, I got no problem getting on a megaphone, going on top, and screaming until my point gets across. Use your voice, protest peacefully, just do what you got to do in a peaceful way to get your point across. Because mm -hmm. Robin is not the answer. I was one of the I'm first gonna be honest, people. right now, I don't really see a hope in the future. Because in this day and age, like with us kids, we're just so mean and just, we're just so judgmental and everything. And like the leaders are just in the shadows. They feel like that their voice does not matter. Or like their voice to be heard, like they'll just, it'll just be a joke out of them. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I feel like it's just not okay. So what can you do right now? You guys, 16 years old, 17 years old, what could you do? to make a difference. Jordan, I know we talk a lot about leadership and we talk about you lead yourself well first before you can lead others well, right? And I think we've spoken about that too, Nate. So how can you lead yourself well through this really hard time? So like we said before, bear on those who have positive thoughts. Be the ones who will always support you no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, you know, and you know, speak on it, speak on it, speak on it. And all you got to do is just, you know, slowly just spread your ideas, get it out there, let people know. There's other ways, many other ways to do it. Starting off with, like, individual friends, just join together mm -hmm. and just spread love. That's, that's like, the, like, the baby stuff is just spread love. No hate. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know how to do this. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. we're, we're all learning how to do this. Even adults and even leaders are learning how to do this. So one of the biggest things that I'm doing right now is learning from you. I'm very, very intentional about listening. And so that's one of the things that I want to impart on you guys. I love who you are in this world. You know, your voice is important. And so I want to listen to that. As a leader, I want to listen to that. So it's listening to people. And Jordan, you said it, not being judgmental. And that, that's hard, right? Mm -hmm. That's hard to do, but really work at it. I want to thank you so much for being part of this journey with me and for being, I think, my most amazing teachers. And I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Hey, join the leadership. <laughs> Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.